0: Good morning, I'm Sister Lisa coming to you from The Eel, the Edwin Elder Library. Today we're going to be reading page 296 on the book on prayer by Brother King Gurley. A Guide or a Map Years ago, I was driving to speak at a youth encampment. I'd received some handwritten directions to reach the somewhat rural area. I got hopelessly lost in the process and somehow made it in time to speak that night. Afterwards, someone took mercy on me and offered to ride with me to the place I was staying. I noticed how much more relaxed I was to have someone who knew the way. He told me when to change lanes, when to turn, and what lay up ahead. God spoke to me through that ordeal. Sometimes we seek a map outlining every detail of the journey ahead. Then we look for shortcuts and detours while generally questioning why we are going the way we are. God doesn't leave us during such times. We leave Him. We move away from his plan for our lives. Eventually, we arrive in a desolate place. Shake our heads and ask, God, where are you? His response is, I've been meaning to ask you the same thing. Next time, look to, listen to, and follow him. Page 297. Prayer focus. I admit it. Jim Elliott's story touched a chord in me. His words resonate in me even more. Jesus, I too want a full life like yours. Not necessarily a long one. I don't want to mark time. I want to live in the moment, but focus on that timeless world to come. It's been many years ago since God gave me my new name, Kalah, C-H-A-L-A-H. The name has become my perpetual reset button. When I whisper my new name, I am reminded of its meaning. To grow weak, to become sick, to be wounded, to beseech, to make prayer, to travail. This new name shifts my gaze gaze for me to Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, may my story do the same for you. Kala. I was saying Shalah, C-H-A-L-A-H, but remember the other day when I looked up the, the meaning and it had a um uh, it had a pronunciation and it, it sounded like a K. But uh, there's more to this page on 297, but I'm gonna just stop and insert my little bit right here. Um my, my devotion on this coming Sunday is going to be, I'm so thankful. Well, night before last, I was just walking through the house, and I started praying that. I'm so thankful for my house, Lord, that you gave me. I'm so thankful that you're so faithful to me. I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my music students that I get to teach music lessons. And that I get to have childcare in my home. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Just things. And I can't remember everything I prayed. But you get the idea. I know I said all that and so much more. But I don't I don't want to be late, uh, just keep on being repetitive. That's going to sound repetitive to you because I keep saying that. So. But that's the thing. You say I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. There's something about so that comes from our very soul. S-O-U-L. And that's that's really it and november is a month of thanksgiving when we think about that a lot some of my friends they post every day something they're thankful for well i haven't done that um, this year i may have done it some other years but i haven't done that but when i picked this theme or when i felt like god had impressed on my heart to do that for my devotional this coming sunday this coming sunday is marking my seven years of doing online devotions Seven years ago, it was actually on Daylight Savings. The end of Daylight Savings time Sunday was November the 3rd, seven years ago. This year, November the 1st was Daylight Savings time. The time changed. Um, But that was seven years ago when I was a pianist out at Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. And uh, God had impressed upon my heart to take some envelopes. And just have a little object lesson um, a little object lesson just showing and just writing from the Bible. I took from the Bible like the books the epistles after the book of Acts, and um, what the different books started at like to the to the Church of uh, Ephesus, just take an example, or to the Church of Galatia or um, you know he um, these letters were addressed to various churches these letters these epistles was written to people so when we just take verses out of these books of the Bible and claim them for ourselves um, we are actually reading somebody else's mail if we have not done what they did this was all after the book of Acts after the acts 2 experience these were the churches that were born on the from the day of Pentecost remember on the day of Pentecost they were in the upper room with the power of God fell, the Holy Ghost fell on them. They began to speak in other tongues. There was Jews out of every nation that gathered around. They heard them speak in their own languages. And to the church that day was added about 3,000 souls. Well, these people went back home to their different towns, to their different nations, to their different areas. And um, in the back of Acts, in, in the book of Acts, you can read in there that they're saying, how can we get to all these people? you know, it would take up so much time to try to go to all these people. So they decided to write letters. They wrote letters, so what we call epistles, and they sent them. And so that's what I was demonstrating. And so my husband does a trash route, our M&L trash route. Well, he had a box of envelopes. Uh, there was some left left from when we had done billings. So I just grabbed that. I just grabbed that and I started writing out. Well, comes to come to find out there was like 23 or 26 i'll have to i'd have to go back and look through my um, notes and and see exactly but it's something like that envelopes that had been left and it was like just what i needed to write these different greetings these pencil, um these little things on these envelopes and then inside of each envelope i just took like a little post-it note and just wrote little things on there like um Uh, just little different verses, just little things like what you would do if you opened up a box of what they call the bread, the daily bread, the word, you know, those little card things. I just wrote different verses and stuff like, um, I was trying to think, um, uh, well done that good and faithful servant, little things like that. And just stuck them just randomly in these little different envelopes, just so that when people opened up, it wouldn't just be an empty envelope that had something in it. Well, I put it in there. Well, at the end of the service, there was some guests there that day, and I was like, should I or should I not? Should I or should I not? I remembered that, and it's like, Lisa, if you don't do it, you will have missed your chance. So I felt I needed to do it. So as I'm passing these out, there wasn't a whole lot of people there that day. I had exactly, I'm not kidding, I'm not making this up, I had exactly enough envelopes that everybody that was there in that sanctuary that day, there was a few children and I think a teacher back in the back that that didn't, that wasn't participant, but the people that was in the sanctuary, they each, I had exactly enough and I passed them out and I was telling people what God had told me about it. you know, if you have not repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name, then all those verses, you're reading somebody else's mail, you know. And I said that um, you can't read the Bible like a fortune cookie. The Bible's not a fortune cookie. You can't just pick and choose. Well, it was after church that day. I mean, it was, it was after the service that the deacon, the man who actually was paying me every week to come out there and, and be the pianist, he says, well, if you don't feel like we're saved, you don't need to come back. And um, I'm not the judge of who's saved and who's not saved. I just was telling people that what God had said that you, you got to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to do that to be a part of the church. You've got to do what the church did. And so it's been seven years, and, and I remember leaving that day. I remember when I walked out the back door after he told me that. And I walked. There was people. The there was people standing around the parking lot giving me a send-off. They were hugging me and telling me goodbye and things like that. They didn't want me to leave. They loved me. And one of the men that day, there was a man there that when I passed out the letters, I remember he was looking at his envelope, and then he opened up his jacket and and stuck it in in his shirt pocket. You know what? He died that afternoon. He died that afternoon, and I think the letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. That letter he put right over his heart. I don't know what all that means. I just, I'm just, i just telling you, it just, it happened that day, and I, I don't know. But as I was leaving that day, let me finish that thought. I said, God, why did you do this stuff through me? If that's all, because you know, I had all this envision that they were all going to uh, come to the altar and pray, and, and the Holy Ghost was going to fall and stuff. God let me know right then and there that he's going to finish what he started, but he's going to get the glory. See, if it would have happened the way I wanted it to happen, I think, oh, I was all that or whatever. Think of something I had. The only thing I had was obedience. But God's going to do it. I really believe that we are at 1159. I believe right before God comes, right before the return of Jesus Christ for his bride, they are going to get it the The light's going to come on <laughs> the revelation's going to hit it's all going to come together but not only that but i think that god closed that door for me to go out there because he wanted me to go online now i can reach more people more more people on the sunday than 23 sometimes we had like 50 or 60 people there sometimes you know some weeks there was more but that particular day it had been a small a small group and um I, on Sundays, I don't know exactly how many people listen to my devotional, but if it's true what the Facebook shows, of views and stuff, that there's like, some weeks there's like two or three hundred, some weeks there's less, but, um, I don't know, but I'm not doing it for fame or fortune, I'm doing it out of obedience, and that's what it is when I felt like 50, when I turned to 50, when I was praying, when God changed my name, he changed my name to Jubilisa, my year of Jubilee when I said, Lord, I want a year of Jubilee. God, you changed people's names in the Bible. You changed Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, and Simon to Peter, and so many more. God, what would my name be? This is my year of Jubilee. And it's like He put those two names together, Jubilee and Lisa, jubilee So um, I'm saying that because brother, this is the only person I've ever heard that I've read across that God has changed their name as well. I'm sure there's other people. But it's just like, it's just amazing the way the Lord works. He works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. And I know I went way over today. If you listen to this whole thing, just say a prayer for me. Just say a prayer for me that he that who began a good work in me is able to complete it. And he's going to get the glory. I'm going to keep on pointing people to the cross. I'm going to keep pointing people to Acts 2.38. I'm going to keep pointing people to, let's get ready, church. We're going home. He's coming soon. God bless you.